We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. My name is Ty Windish. I am one of your hosts, joined as always by the radiating positivity, Rohan Kadi. I love the, would you say magenta shirt this morning or would you just say yeah. pink? I'll say, I'll say a magenta. It looks great on you. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, doing well, doing well on this, uh, as we're recording on a Monday morning, mm-hmm. you know, it's all right. It's going to get hot and this week. I, it I is going to get hot. Climate change is awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to clip that. I'm going to clip just that. <laughs> and we're going to get a lot of play on, on some, on some unusual corners of social media for us. Let's move on. So we're going, our main thrust of this episode, as you can read, is the defensive scheme changes we want to see from the Bucks this coming season. Of course, from everything we've heard from Adrian Griffin himself, from the reporting on the coaching process, from A.J. Green, our close personal friend, who if you have not listened to our interview with him, go do so, please, on this very podcast feed or on this very YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Hello. Um, but we want to dive into what specifically we're going to hope to see this year. But first, some odds and ends as always. The first one, if you're not already following us on Instagram or on TikTok, Numak and I are taking it up to post more there. So go do so at WatchGSPN on both platforms. Then some news and notes on Friday. Team USA did a friendly against Team Greece ahead of the FIBA World Cup. Eugene and I watched it live on playback. It wasn't as fun for Eugene, I think, because Greece ended up getting pasted. I will say they hung in there. And they are more shorthanded than we thought. So in addition to Giannis, Slukas also did not choose to go, getting a little older, I guess. But Eugene was pretty disappointed at that decision because he is a key offensive player for Team Greece. Uh, I think Papa Nicolaou is there with the team, but had just welcomed a, a baby into the world. So congrats to the Papa Nicolaou family. I hope I have the right player there, but he was gone for, for that game. Uh, but honestly, Greece hung in there. Thanasis played okay, um, didn't get to show off that much. Eugene and I agreed he should be featured more. I'm sure Rohan agrees as well. Absolutely. Then, Eugene and I are always on the same page when it comes to Thanasis. And sparkling water. And That's Bobby Portis. Oh, it is true. No, yeah, it, is it is true. true. It is yeah. true. It is yeah. true. Absolutely. I thought you said you and I were on the same no. page. No, 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 we're not. No. I like it. But anyway, um, Bobby Portis, I thought looked really good. So they they had him drop once, and he did not look good in drop coverage still. I'm just going to assume that will always be the case. But other times he was switching. I thought defensively he held up nicely, as as we're used to seeing. And then offensively, uh, like I thought before the tournament, there's just not many bigs who are going to be able to keep up with his combo of size, strength, shooting touch. Like He was able to score pretty easily against Greece when he got the ball in the post. I think he's going to be a nice release valve for Team USA going forward. So USA ends up pulling away late, wins pretty easily as expected. Again, Team USA's group, 
you know, they should really walk through, especially with Greece down so many key players. I didn't mention Giannis also not playing with Team USA if you missed our last podcast or that news. Um, so it's them, Jordan, New Zealand. Team USA should walk through here. I still think Greece should make it through as well, but we'll see how they fit, match up against Jordan and against New Zealand to get to that second round. Rohan, I know you were unable to watch that game. Do you have any further FIBA takes or do you want to share the schedule or what's on your mind? Yeah, I just, I really think this Team USA squad is really good. <laughs> People have had a lot of takes about this ever since the roster has been announced. I know you and I are on the same page on this. This roster is really good. Like you could see that against their, I watched the game against Germany uh, on Sunday. And it's like at one point they were down 16 in the third quarter and you're like, ugh. What's this, what's going on here? Like Dennis Schroeder's lighting him up. Like FIBA Dennis Schroeder is just a different animal. And then just Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, just take over. And you're like, oh yeah, this team is is insanely stacked with talent. Like just because they're younger stars doesn't mean they're not like talented players. Like these are all guys on max contracts. Like it's it's I don't know. Like Anthony Edwards is the guy there. Uh, Steve Kerr said as much after the game. His exact quote, he's unquestionably the guy. He knows it. Now the rest of the team knows it, is what Kerr said about Edwards. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, he's he's the guy. He is unequivocally the guy for this Team USA squad. And that's a good spot to be in when Anthony Edwards is the guy. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're Minnesota and your contract situation is all screwed up. I mean, you're still still happy to see this from Ant. That's for sure. No, absolutely. It's just more an indictment on the the Gobert trade. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Halliburton also looking really good. That helps my agenda. Paolo has not gotten as much of a chance. Oh, well. Bobby looked a little tough in that Germany game. He had some moments. But uh, he was getting – like, at some points, whenever he's on the court, he kind of gets targeted a bit. Yeah. And it's like, that's not good. Yeah. The Bobby <laughs> it's a little experience. Um, but yeah, it's also just like, it's it's a scheme he's not really used to playing in. It's like, yeah. it's a completely spread defense um, on Team USA compared to like having a guy sort of hover in the paint uh, in Milwaukee's case. It's, it's a different defense. It takes time for these guys to adjust. So, And we know Bobby isn't the most, he's not a star on the defensive end, I'll say. Yeah, that. yeah that's, um, that's fair. I, I but he's Ant- still fighting. He's getting putbacks. He's still using his size to do what he needs to uh, out there, and he's still a productive player. Don't get me wrong. It's just like it's just a little tough to watch at some points. I I thought Ant also looked great against Greece too. So I think pretty. Cons- I think he's led them in scoring or tied for lead in basically every game, if not literally every game. All five of the exhibitions, he's just been really good the whole time. So seems like he is the guy most poised for that post Team USA leap so far uh this season but yeah Halliburton and Austin Reeves having some uh, really Reeves, nice yeah. moments too yeah for sure uh schedule the World Cup actually gets started this upcoming weekend mm-hmm. it starts on August 20th uh 5th, 5th but the 5th. games we're going to talk about start the next day correct they start on the 26th first is uh team Greece faces off against uh Jordan and this will be at 3.45 a.m. Central Time. Are you setting an alarm or are you staying up through the night, Rohan? Which which one are you going to do? I'm totally watching this game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely watching this. Yeah. You know me. Yep. Uh, I'm doing that. That's how I'm spending my Team, team Greece night, against Saturday Jordan Trusky is going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Team Thanasis is just going to dunk on Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jordan's a paint beast. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, well, USA faces off against New Zealand at a watchable 7.40 a.m. on yep. Saturday. Probably going to catch some of that. Yeah. Most of that. If not all. I, I'm a yeah, sicko. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I'll be more excited to wake up on Monday. But I, I will probably catch some of New Zealand USA, yes. Yes. And the aforementioned Monday games is when Greece and USA both resume play. Or their next game, I should say. And it's against each other. It is Team Greece versus Team USA at 7.40 a.m. Central Time. Uh, definitely going to be watching that game. We're going to probably hit you with a pod after that game. Yep. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, that really looking forward to that. I mean, again, we don't expect Team Greece to actually win. I mean, Nick Kalaitis also not there. I mean, they really, you know, they're, they're operating with a different team and probably a worse team than we're used to seeing from Greece. Um, but it'll always be nice to watch, you know, two bucks face off an in international play. So, 
Certainly looking forward to that at, at a oh, yeah. reasonable hour. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy that they do that. It's like if the if the U.S. is playing, they try to put it at the most reasonable time yeah. for U.S. time. Yeah, it's nice. And then any, the the last yeah. games. So this is where it gets interesting for Thanasis. So USA plays Jordan August. Was that Wednesday, August thirtieth? Yes. I mean, that's USA Jordan's going to be ballistic, but that's at three forty a.m. Central. So New Zealand Greece gets the good time slot at seven forty. Assuming, let's assume for a second. Let's say Greece beats Jordan, loses to USA. If if New Zealand and Greece both have a win, if New Zealand and Greece both beat Jordan and lose to Team USA, which I think is probably what we should expect, but maybe Jordan, you know, proves me wrong. That third game, that last game, will be the deciding one for who gets to go to the second round, Greece or New Zealand. So that actually, you know, I think Bucks wise, we're probably most interested in USA Greece just because we get both players. But if you're if you're a Greece fan, either Greek or adopted it because of Giannis, like they did with the Bucks then that's the game that probably has the most implications on the tournament. Again, things could change. If Greece loses to Jordan or if someone beats USA, everything changes a lot. If um, Thanasis drops 40 on Team USA, you what always have do? to go to uh, 20 would be pretty good, man. If he drops 30 on okay. Team USA, what do we do? Uh, Thanasis pod, a full pod on Thanasis. Yes. Like at least 40 minutes. We have to. Because like, can you... Can you imagine the reaction if the Nasus Atetokounmpo is leads Greece to a Team USA win? I'm gonna have to like turn down my volume because you're gonna be yelling the whole time. Just the Nasus scored thirty emergency pod. Yeah. All right. I might not be able to pod because I'll have lost my voice. Watch I'll, I'll lock in for that. We you can do like Morse code or something. <laughs> Just like hold up a side of me. <laughs> He just said he loves Thanasis again. I learned that in Morse code. I think that's all he's going to do the whole time. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be really interesting. So then by Wednesday you know, morning, we'll know who goes to the second round. And then second round games are the next weekend, I believe. Or they start up pretty quickly and then they go to the next weekend. Uh, and then after that, it's the knockout stage. So you have to be top two in your group in both group stages to then make the knockout stage. Obviously, it gets much harder in the second one. I believe it would be tough for Greece to certainly make it through that second round because then you're going to enter, you know, the best two teams from another group. So you really kind of cut out the the weak links with that first round for the most part. Um, so it's going to be uh, more competitive, you know, even for Team USA. In that second group stage, that's when Team USA, it'll tighten up as well. So should be an exciting tournament. I mean, it's certainly lacking some of the international star power, not just from the Americans that we're used to seeing. Uh, but we're looking forward to it regardless. Yeah, for sure. How can't you be excited about like all these players? Like we we love the NBA, we love basketball. It's like, yeah, this is just another extension of that. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we're not gonna get any more, you know, uh Bucks players in real action until like what, October from now? So let's uh unless let's you count these this. Rico Hines runs, man. That's true. A lot of Bucks at the Rico Hines runs. What looked like a big contingent of Bucks personnel watching as Jazzy and Gortman hit the game winner. A little confusion there, by the way. Some folks still think he's got a two-way. All that was announced was the Exhibit 10. He was there wearing a Bucks shirt. So if you're unaware, an Exhibit 10 is basically a camp deal. But if you get waived, you get a bonus for reporting to the G League. So it's more or less a G League contract. There is still an open two-way spot. And actually, I brought this up. The reason I was asked about this recently was Ty Ty Washington, waived by the Oklahoma City Thunder, would be eligible to sign a two-way contract. So, I mean, to be honest, Gortman might just be better. Um, But I I think it'd be worth bringing him in for for a look if he's willing to compete, basically, for a two-way spot. I mean, he may end up just a G League player anyway. I mean, when you go from first-round pick, barely play, didn't play that well in the G League or the NBA – traded and then waived by a team that's pretty much done rebuilding but still low-key hoarding young players and rebuilding in the thunder the 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 thunder just don't have enough rosters no i know but i mean they're keeping uh davis bertans over yeah that's fair so you know you're not that good of a prospect you know yeah that's fair you're not that good of a prospect if they're keeping davis bertans over you yeah I know people, oh, they want a shooting. Yeah, he sucks, dude. He's terrible. 
He's bad. He's a bad player. He plays ball bad. He plays bad ball. Plays bad ball. Uh, so yeah, if if, if Ty Ty Washington uh, gets a gets a camp deal, uh, competes for that two last two way spot, I wouldn't be shocked. It'd be nice get some uh, competition in there. If Gort wins it, I'm not going to be shocked. No, no, I think Gort's played well. He's been in the system. I mean, I I, I do feel like there's more buy in than ever from some of the the players this year. I feel like we're seeing constant, you know, whether it's from them or from others of Bucks players working out either in the Bucks facility or in groups like this. I I don't want to yeah, let, be let's wrong. Let's go through who was there. It yeah. was uh, it was Gort. It was uh, Amari Moore, Andre Young Jackson Hooper, Jr. Young Hooper, Robin Lopez. Yeah, Robin Lopez <laughs> being there was absolutely hilarious. We think we might have seen Adrian Griffin on the side of that. Can't confirm. Yeah, can't uh-huh. confirm for sure. Looked like it could have been him. It also was just next to like four more people in Bucks gear. Like there was clearly a full Bucks contingent, and there were more on the other side too. A couple more people playing Bucks gear. I think – do we see Chris Livingston? Maybe. Maybe. It was a very grainy video. Yeah. Certainly like there were a lot of Bucks people there. I mean, for sure there were. Like, we may not be exactly sure on who, but there had to be more than 10. If you count the players and then people just wearing – and all the players wore Bucks shirts too. So it was like the Bucks were rolling deep at the Rico Hines run, just like we saw. And Robin Lopez. He's a buck. I mean, I know he, I know he's a buck, but it's just hilarious just to me. It's just amazing. Like I'm just watching this video and I'm seeing Robin Lopez run up, this, run up the court. I'm like, what are you doing there? It was very funny that, like, in the clip of Gortman hitting the game winner over Jabari Smith Jr., which was nice. Like Robin is taking so long to get up the court while he's still like, <laughs> well, yeah, because he's playing with all the young guys. You're That's seeing, my you're seeing Gortman like, I think Davion Mitchell was at that run, those runs too. Oh, nice. It's, and it's just like, what what is Robin Lopez doing there? Like, He's like barely to half court as Gortman sets up on the wing to hit you, the shot. Have you ever seen Robin Lopez at one of these runs? No. I, I mean, I can't say I've really grinded. We haven't had reason to pay attention to this stuff. I don't think we've That's had fair. bucks at many of these things. Like maybe like Rashad Vaughn did the Drew maybe at one point. Like we have not had That's many tough. bucks participating in these in these other like leagues and events. Yeah, we got we got cool players. That's true. Very cool. Yeah, the the vibes have shifted. Yeah, it's let's fun. talk about some some things that can shift time. Okay, so the whole podcast. I, what I pitched to Rohan is our wish list. It didn't fit in the title well, but this is basically a wish list of things we want to see defensively from the Bucks next season. And we're not just doing like wholesale scheme. Like basically anything, any any tweak it doesn't have to be. You know, uh, a super, you know, basketball intelligent thing, just like what we're looking to see. So, Rohan, would you like to go first? I have a list of, I think, like four or five so far, and I'm sure I'll come up with more while we're talking. I'm going to start off a little bit controversial. Oh, boy. I'm going to say it's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad thing within Bucks Twitter. We've all been sort of uh, shunted away from it. I want to see some blitzing. Oh, I want to see a lot of blitzing. I want to see a lot of attacking, like aggressive pick and roll defense. And yeah. I know, like everyone's scarred from the Jason Kidd days because, like, obviously they would just like, you know, be super aggressive on pick and roll uh, defense and then just leave wide open shooters everywhere. But that's because once Jason Kidd got the ball out of his hands, like out of the ball handler's hands, he's like, that's when he thought offense ended because he was just a point guard. So he was like, oh, once the point guard doesn't have the ball, it's the possession's over, right? You're However, not be able to do anything, it's impossible. Yeah, how, how can you do anything? It's, it's out of the point guard. Those head. bums I played with, if it wasn't me, it was not happening. Exactly. Uh, I bet you that's true, by the way. 100%. percent. 100%. 100,000%. <laughs> yeah, definitely how it happened. Uh, but. And now it's pretty, it pretty much is true for the Mavericks at this point, except yeah. <laughs> for now Luca and Kyrie playing together. But when it's Luca and non Kyrie out there, that pretty much is their reality. So he's made it happen. <laughs> oh man! Uh, just imagine what Josh Green, Jaden Hardy can do. Oof! What uh, if what if what if they did nothing and just got berated all day though? That's better, right? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, but uh there actually is uh other things you can do uh which is unfortunately why the kid bucks kept on getting burned time and time again on the offensive end however there are things you can do schematically on defense to sort of like uh what's the word i'm looking for alleviate that pressure and sort of like actually recover instead of just playing like trap and recover like and you're just running around flailing thon maker hands like you can actually have like i'm just getting like ptsd right now uh but <laughs> uh just imagining thon just with this there's like this one clip i wish i knew where it was there it's just like this clip of thon going from the wing like to the opposite corner just hands like straight up in the air and it's just like trying did, to trying did, to recover on defense did but, you see kg said someone else had mvp potential so all the bucks people started showing the the thon quotes again it was uh it was booker i think yeah which i mean much much i, I feel like now he picks his spots a little more carefully a little less bold with the proclamations <laughs> but yeah thought his quotes on thon were did not age well yeah, but my point my point is like the Bucks personnel currently on defense is much more skilled, much more athletic, much like smarter on defense. And you could actually play like a fairly aggressive scheme and get away with it because you have so many like quality defenders on the team who are very, very smart, very intelligent, know where they need to be. Like, let's say you trap a pick and roll and it's Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen. For just a, just as example, like you just want like that's it's not going to be common, but let's just say it's Drew and Grayson. If you have Grayson stick with the guy once the pass is made, and you have Drew Holiday as your roamer, and you also have Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the back end to sort of clean up any messes you have, that's so much better than trying to have like Michael Beasley and Thon Maker clean up your mistakes, right? You're not, you're not feeling Shabazz Muhammad as the guy helping from the oh nail. My God, <laughs> just you're out on that. Do, do, do you understand? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I feel like Jason Terry, Shabazz Muhammad is pretty much the same level yeah. as Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen. So I don't really. No, I, I get what you're saying, and I think our top ones both is to a certain extent us focusing on, like, what else can they do with Brooke? Because I think we agreed on this when the quotes came out, you know, early in the summer about Adrian Griffin wants the defense to be more aggressive, basically. Um, and, and more flexible, it's, okay, what does that mean for Brooke? Because we were so used to the Bucks having basically two modes for a long time, like switch everything with Brooke off the court or drop with Brooke. And they didn't switch it up very much from those two. And there were little things they would do within those things, but they pretty much just had two modes for a long time. And I think both of us are trying to think, how can they bridge the gap? Because they re-signed Brooke. They paid Brooke quite a lot. He earned it. And it's still underpaying him most likely. But they know, also brought in Robin Lopez. The aforementioned Robin Lopez. But it, I mean, doesn't do we care? No, but it, it also speaks to like. Oh yeah, they they want they want plotting they bigs want, to yes. some extent. I, I, yes. I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but like, how can they how can they marry those concepts? Like, you have Brooke Lopez, but you're not just always dropping. And I think yeah, that's a great idea of of blitzing the pick and rolls being a great. I think we are going to see that. I think. You know, I don't know how much it's worth, but certainly in summer league, they were aggressively blitzing and sending two at the ball in certain moments. And I think you look back at like that Miami series, it's insane they never did there. I mean, against Jimmy and just try and get the ball to anyone else's hands. I know, you know, other Heat members would go on to kill other teams in these playoffs and ended to the Bucks to a certain extent. But the way Jimmy was playing, I mean, Drew just couldn't do it alone. No defender probably could. Like he was hitting every single shot. Like, they were ridiculous shots. He hit them. You have to just try something else, and the Bucks just really didn't. So I agree. It would be great to get that down more. You don't want to do it all game, every game. This, to me, almost feels like something you keep in your hand, and then 
when the Lucas or the Jimmy in you know one playoff series or whoever's are like really heating up and killing you, that's when you can go to something like this, right? Like it's not when you're not saying, oh, that's what they should do all the time, but be able to do that to switch things up and just put more pressure on the offense, which I do think outside of Brooke at the rim and just the guys guarded by Drew and, and Giannis to a certain extent, the Bucks schematically have not put much pressure on offensive players, right? Like kind of the opposite, really. Because in the drop, if you're taking that mid-range, you know, that's there for you all the time. Like that's almost the opposite of putting pressure on an offensive player. So I do hope that they find ways. let guys get comfortable. Exactly. Let guys get comfortable. I think making the offense uncomfortable, putting on the metaphysical James Harden fat suit is what you have to do. You got to make guys uncomfortable offensively. I think blitzing is a great way to do it. And certainly like if if either Giannis is one blitzing, you know, it's hard to pass over him. Or Giannis as a, a helper on the back end, you know, depending on how bought in he is, should be able to take a lot of things away that would open up from this. And then, you know, Chris is a smart defender. If you have Pat out there, uh, of course, Brooke as a back line erases so many mistakes. And I do think this is worth investigating with Brooke on the court to then see, you know, how much can we just run out to shooters with reckless abandon? Because we know worst case mid-ranger, best case, they challenge Brooke at the rim. And we're always fine with that. Yeah, for sure. You just want like I like the way you put it. Just make guys uncomfortable. Make guys think for a second. Because if you're just playing a base drop defense all the time, guys don't have to think about it. They know exactly what's going to be available to them at any given point in a possession. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that these are the. It's not changing just for the sake of changing, but I think being an adaptable defense is how you become uh, an even better playoff defense. And to be clear. It's not like the Bucks are a bad defensive team. I think they were fourth in, in defensive rating in the regular season last year. They're always pretty good in the playoffs, Jimmy thing aside. But it's about how can you get better? I mean, that should always be the goal. And I think everyone can agree the Bucks could use with being more adaptable defensively because of the Jimmy Butler situations and, and many others we could go through where player gets hot, they get really comfortable. And then it's like, you know, even if the offense ungums a little bit for the Bucks they're still just behind the eight ball. And we're going to do offensive scheme changes next week. So we'll get into those, what we want to say on that end of the ball as well. For sure. Um, uh, yeah, what's what's on what's the top of your list? Well, actually, I'll go to one later on my list because I think it ties into this a little better. Um, okay. But basically, just working harder to prevent glaring mismatches. So I put two examples here. One is... Like the mindless switching they would do on the perimeter. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. let's like Grayson's guy comes over to for whoever Drew is guarding. Let's just use the Heat as an example. Let's say Grayson is guarding, I don't know, Caleb Martin, whatever. It doesn't matter. Caleb Martin walks over and just like kind of walks in front of Jimmy Butler. Like he's there's no separation gain from this between Jimmy and Drew. Like it's not like Jimmy's not getting away from him. He just kind of glides over. And the Bucks would just automatically, okay, switch. Now Drew is guarding Caleb Martin and Grayson is guarding Jimmy Butler. Why are you Why? giving that switch? Like they should have to work to get that switch. You're giving them that switch with no effort, 18 seconds, whatever, on the shot clock. You're just like automatically giving them a good possession by doing that basically. Like there's no reason in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs, but even in the regular season in like certain matchups, but definitely in the playoffs to just say – Here's the matchup you want. Here you go. Have fun, Jimmy Butler. And I just felt like the Bucks were always, not always, but often doing that when they were switching on the perimeter. And it's like that totally negates the that negates even having Drew Holiday when you do that. Because, you know, Drew is a good help defender, but his value is as an on-ball defender. And if you're just letting him be switched off to a corner shooter, that's wasting him and just taking away that advantage of having him, which I think the Bucks do too often. And then the second one I put was not just like guarding Donovan Mitchell with Joe Ingles by choice, which that's just like, I still don't understand that. That's a real thing that happened. I, I don't know if it was like a prove it thing or, or what it was, but like, can we just be more serious with who's guarding premier threats? I think it's, uh, it's Jamal Mosley's problem now, but uh, yeah, uh, it's I don't so, get it. so funny that that happened. He's just like it wasn't a switch. It's just like, yeah, go, you got it. And he didn't have he got it. it. He didn't he did have not. it, shockingly. It's it's like 
hey, why don't you put some of your good defenders on the opposing team's best players sometimes? I know that's like very reductive. It's it's very it's like a very casual observer thing to say, but it's also true. Like it's it's it can like, be both. It can be both because it's like, yeah, that's glaringly obvious of an issue. Like uh I like what just getting back to your first thing, I like what you said about like just giving up those soft switches. It's yeah. just it's so painful. It's so painful to watch. And it's just like like you said, it just negates the point of having good defenses. Like you shouldn't switch just to switch. You yeah. should switch as like fine. You're giving up this one thing after you've tried not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's about a, you should only switch if you have to. Yeah, and and I think and you know it's one thing if it's like, you know, if it's Giannis Drew and you don't mind the switch, then fine, right? But you know they they'll give up switches to players that you clearly don't want switched on to the primary action. And even, like you know, eventually an offense will be able to get it most of the time, right? Like you can work really hard to get the switch, but make them work hard. Like it's literally tiring and it wastes the shot clock, which then gives the offense less time to execute after that. Like, you know, I'm not saying you should never, you know, there's no way you can say, you know, Grayson or whoever is Chris, you can never be switched on to Jimmy Butler. It's going to happen sometimes. Like you can't always prevent it. I'm just saying make them work for it. Don't just give it up, which I think – like, I don't know why you ever do that, to be honest. And that's just something the Bucks were, were so blasé about. And it always bothered me because it's just like you watch other elite defenses who's maybe it's just because they don't switch as much. I don't know. But they don't just give that up. Like, they're not going to say – like, the Warriors aren't like Steph. Just go guard LeBron. Like, they the, – the the Cavs and now Lakers had to work to get, you know, that, that switch because it is such a mismatch. You know, you don't want to just give that away as a defense. For sure. For sure. It just like this kind of leans into one of the things on my list as well. It's like be more. It it also relates more to the uh, the Brooke Lopez point we made earlier. Be more creative. Do a lot more pre switching. Like if you want to. Like for yeah. example, let's say you're set. It's a you're set like on an opposing defense, and you're the the opposing offense is uh, running a pick and roll on like the wing or something. It's Drew Holiday. It's Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is at the rim. He's trying to drop. There's Drew bringing Brooks guy, uh, Drew's guys bringing Brooks guy up for a pick and roll. Send the guy from the wing. Yeah, yeah. Pre-switch that, and then have Brook tag the roll, and then have the guy who you brought up flash out to the wing again, or Drew have him flash out to the wing if need be. Like, get more creative in those t- types of situations because you have the personnel to do it. Like, you have these long, ragey defenders. Like, if you want to go pre-switch Giannis onto that, go do that because he yeah. can recover, and that's another creative way of using him as a helper. And because you still have uh, Brooke at the back line and you have Giannis helping in that situation, but you're not giving up an easy mid-ranger on a pick and roll. Yeah. And and just, add, just do more do more, do more, more fun stuff like that. And add some scram switching too, which they, they, they have been good at at times, but I would say they don't Brooke, consistently. Yeah, Brooke, is, Brooke is good at dictating scram switches. Yeah. So that, to be clear, a scram switch is if a pick and roll is switched and then let's say you have a smaller player on a bigger player in the post – Basically, that player and the player on the near side corner swap out. So if you had, let's say, like Bobby, I think, has been pretty good about like getting in there. And, okay, now Bobby's got in the big, so you're not as worried. It's things like that. Like basically just when you do have to give up that switch, finding other ways to guard the pick and roll by just drop. And to be clear, I, I think neither of us, you know, we're not saying they should never drop. I mean, if you have a non-shooting big, like it makes a ton of sense to drop. It really does. Or like a non-vertical threat big, like when when you're not going to get abused. I mean, you know, the the pull-up game is always going to be a bit of an issue. But if we're being honest, there's what, a dozen players in the league you're really worried about hitting those consistently, right? I mean, yeah, we could make a list. And also, yeah, like if you're, if sorry to interrupt, but it's like, even if you are like have a non-shooting big, like going back to what I was saying earlier, can blitz with Brooke and because you still have Giannis who can like flash help on the weak side yeah. tag the roller. Like he, yeah. he's not worried about that. Like Giannis is one of the like best rim protecting bigs in the league defensively. Right. And he just doesn't have he just doesn't have to do it that often because he has probably the best yeah. rim protecting big in the league uh at the backside of Brooke Lopez. Uh it's a him or Jaron. It's one of the two. Yeah, uh, I would say Brooks is a better pure rim protector, even though Jaron gets fair. more blocks. Jaren is Jaren's the more versatile. He's defender. more versatile, and he blocks more shots. I, I think Brook doesn't. I don't think that makes him a worse rim deterrent, though. 
Yeah, but it's just like even also even he does then, it like twice as often per season, which I do think matters. Yeah, that's fair. Brooke actually plays games. Yeah, uh, though Jaron Jaron like for Team USA. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great player. Yeah, hopefully if he fouls out of FIBA, that'd be hilarious. But that would <laughs> certainly possible. It is possible. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be good for our agenda, but bad yeah. for the U.S. But, yeah. uh, what was I even saying? Oh yeah, just like you can you can do like we're both fans of the drop. It makes sense because mm-hmm. you have the personnel to play the drop really, really well. Like Bud wasn't an idiot. Yeah, like no. you do that because you have the personnel to do it. Uh, but you can you can have see these little tweaks in there here and there to sort of throw off the offense, the opposing offense. And, you know, just sort of, like, utilize these defenders better. Yeah. Here's one I think we can get into. Uh, and we've kind of hinted at this a little bit. But just as its own topic, using Giannis as a primary defender. So, I think – I don't think this is something they should do every game. Um, or Even, like, for parts of every game. Like, I think there's some games where it makes sense that he never is. Like, if you are pl- – Dallas. If you're playing Dallas – you know, their primaries on offense are Luka and Kyrie. I don't think it's good to go put Giannis on those guys. Like, as good of a defender as he is, great as a, great of a defender as he is, that's not his strength, is chasing around the little guys. I don't think. I, uh, interested if you disagree with me on that? I don't think that's his role. But if you're playing Phoenix and Kevin Durant is giving you problems and you'd probably like uh, Drew Holiday to guard Booker and then someone else to guard Bradley Beal – like, that's a situation where maybe not the whole game, but for a lot of the game, give Giannis that assignment. Like, the bigger wing players, like, is Jason Tatum giving you problems? Or do you want Drew on, on Jalen and Giannis on Jason? I don't know exactly. I, I haven't thought about their specific matchups yet. But those kind of players. And, of course, like other bigs as well when you're going small. But, like, let's let's press that button more because I do think as good as he is as a help defender – I think he should be involved more as a primary. I think he wants to be. I don't think it's, you know, every game Giannis gets 20 minutes guarding the opposing best player. I think that is overkill for, like, keeping him fresh and just for what his skills are. But I do think when you're going up against those big initiate Paolo Bancaro, right? Like, you're not worried about the magic that much. That's the kind of player where let's give Giannis some shifts on him. And, like, let's try and just wreck this offense. Like, let's not hope that Giannis can get involved on the back end. Because it's just a little too easy, I think, to keep him out of things, especially when it's KD, who's like, he's doing damage as a pull-up threat. You know, he's not, you're not always going to get in, involved in actions with him. He doesn't need to get to the rim. it's a lot of isolation-heavy offense. Yeah. yeah. Because yes. then Giannis just doesn't get involved. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, it negates the I mean, benefit the of having one of the, yeah, exactly. Like, like it he negates was in the, the point corner. of having one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, there are. Like, he literally is one defensive player of the year. Yeah, and I think teams now are more and more comfortable with it used to be like you know four or five set screen for one or two and that's it like those are the guys who can set screens now like all modern offenses like the heat more than anyone probably but certain there's others like they'll still have anyone set screens more often and it makes it easy to Giannis is on the opposing four that guy just never does anything like he's just in the corner you know Caleb Martin hit some nice shots over Giannis in that series but like, you know, they're going to have Max Drew screen for Jimmy, right? Like, they, like, they'll get the players involved based on matchups. So I think you can't just use Giannis as the help guy anymore most of the time. I think in some of these series, it makes sense for him to be a primary defender more. Like, I think Jimmy, he should defend Jimmy more. We know we've seen that work before. It makes sense. It does. And like you mentioned earlier, it shouldn't be an every game thing because, like, obviously he's going to be carrying a lot of the load offensively. Uh, probably going to average 30 again this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we all actually reflected on the fact that Giannis averaged 30 a game. Last and year. and he had like crazy. a couple games where he barely played any minutes. Like, yeah. Crazy. How many bucks 30 point per game scores have we had? Kareem? Did Kareem even do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like how, how, many, how many times is what I'm wondering? Uh, probably like five, dude. Let's look it up real quick. I mean, he came into the league, I think, averaging 30. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it three times with Milwaukee, four times oh. with Milwaukee. Oh yeah, so I was close. He came in averaging twenty. Imagine a rookie, a twenty-two-year-old rookie, 
14 and a half rebounds and four assists per game. They didn't even record blocks. Then. No, yeah, blocks. he had a ton. He must have had a ton. His first season that they did record him, he had three and a half. So he he probably had 28, 8, 14 and a half, four, four blocks and a steal. Not a bad player. That dude was ridiculous. <laughs> I see why some people still say he's the greatest buck of all time. I disagree, but I, I it's you, you can't argue that much. No, I mean, he's come top on, two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like very firmly. Uh, but yeah, Giannis averaging thirty. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Thirty-four point eight in nineteen seventy-one seventy-two is crazy. That's a title defense season. He wanted to do it, man. Thirty-five, sixteen, and nearly five assists. Dude was the whole team. <laughs> Much like Giannis, which is why you're like, do I want to have him be the primary defender all the time? No. But do you yeah. want to, I'm sorry. I'm just amazed looking at that. I know. Uh, Kareem's stats <laughs> do a lot. Uh, yeah, it's it's like, do you want to have him do all of this on offense while being like the team's primary defender? No. That's why you go and get a Drew Holiday. That's why you have a Brooke Lopez. That's why, yeah, that's it. That's why you re-sign a boss man 9-9. Like, yeah. I forgot about him for a second. Uh, that's <laughs> That's why you draft Andre Jackson Jr. and Chris yes. Livingston some more. Marjan Bochamp, too. And Marjan. Yeah. Was he at those Rico Hines runs? I don't think so. I, he's probably he's, he's at another, uh, probably a different league. Putting up he's 80 somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you, you have all of these guys because you want to sort of ease the burden a little bit. Uh, but sometimes Giannis is going to have to be that dude. In the playoffs, we've seen it before, maybe not this past season. But we've seen it before where Giannis is going to be like, yeah, I just have to be the guy on both ends of the court for 45 minutes a game. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what the apex predators of the league have to do. And Giannis is one of those apex predators. It, there is how many how many active players have proven they can be the best player on a title team? Five? Steph, Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Kawhi. KD. I'm going to push back on KD. He's proven he can be the best. He was the best player on those Warriors. Was he? In the finals, yes. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I'm still pros team Steph over KD. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, he, 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 he went on a field trip with Steph. Yes, but, like, there's a reason. I, I'm still going to count KD. I get, okay. Like, literally, yeah. Like, two-time finals MVP with him. Yeah. I mean, is is Iguodala on the list? No, because he was not the best player on those teams. Oh, he's one-time Finals MVP, Rohan. I don't know. Okay, it's it's at max six players. Yeah, and Giannis is one of them. Mm-hmm. In some of these points, oh, did, you, did you say Joker? Joker? Yeah, yeah, Joker. Okay. <laughs> Joker. Joker. <laughs> That's how it should be. That would be even cooler. <laughs> That'd be really. It cool. makes more sense. It does because Joker doesn't make any sense. Although it makes him sound like an Eggman. He sounds like he's just going around to supermarkets and just taking the yolks out of He's Dr. Robotnik out here. He's just like, I don't the know. The I'm going to start calling I'm doing it. The yoker. <laughs> the yoker. It sounds like a machine that you take. Like if you yeah, want like does. an egg white only like scrambled yeah. eggs or omelets, you, you go and get the yoker. Yeah, run so those to the yoker. Take... Uh, <laughs> but what was I seeing? Like you, you can't even maybe count Jokic in that list because he's not going to take over defensively. Oh um, yeah, if you're saying both ends, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, like, I know Steph's a good defender. Well, now, yeah, then there's like not. there's like two, three guys on. I mean, look, I like like we've seen LeBron do it. I think we're past that now. I think we can say yeah, we've seen LeBron do that. We've seen Kawhi do it. We've seen KD do it. I'll still say yeah. So there's three guys. I mean, if you're doing the defensive thing, I mean, KD is just a good defender. He wasn't the defensive guy. I mean, it was Draymond, clearly. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, at points in his career, we've seen him be able to do that. Like, I'm not going to say at both at the same time. Like, he's capable of doing both at the same time. Are you saying, like, wrecking a team defensively? Yeah, maybe not. I I think it's Giannis and Kawhi. Yeah, and Kawhi I mean, can't, I mean, and, and LeBron in the past, and I mean Kawhi in the past too, because he's not that guy defensively anymore. Yeah, so I mean, just Giannis. Who's the closest right now to like getting like Tatum? I guess maybe he's probably like half a step short on both ends. Yeah, 
but like so close. Also so likable. Every time I see him, the it's, Tuesday in Orlando so, thing is so funny. It's exactly how we talk so to. Likeable. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I know. It's like I there, there's reasons to like be upset with like Jalen Brown and stuff. But like, yeah. Like Jason Taylor is just so likable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Giannis is really good. Here's a question. This is not really schematic. I think just a question I've, I've been mulling over. Okay, let's hear it. After Drew Holiday, is Marjan Bochamp the best point guard defender on this team right now? Ooh. I think he kind of has to be, unless Andre Jackson maybe, is going to yeah, play. Or Ajax or maybe, maybe Bossman? No. No, not anymore. Not anymore. I am saying hard no. He's like 36. Really? I think so. Um, where's boss man? No, he's 33. I'm sorry. I, I'm all over the place with the veterans. Like, there's no way he's 36. No, he turned 33 in, in July. Someone's is 36. Googled, is it bad at Google boss man? No, it's good for his brand. I guess Wes and Hill were 36 and Ingalls was turning 36. Brooke is 35, so I don't know for who I was thinking of, but he's 33. But no, I don't think I don't think he has the quicks to do that anymore. Yeah, it's got to be it's it's either Marjan or Andre. It's gonna, so so we have to see some youth in the rotation simply to guard point guards for 48 minutes. I mean, yeah, because we there's still no backup point. I mean, Lindell's not going to be that guy. I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe Lindell's in the rotation day one. I, really I know, but he's know. not going to be the second best point guard defender. I think. He could be. He's a good he defender. Could. He's a good defender. He's just kind of small. He's small. Yeah. Like, I'm taller than him. Like, wow. <laughs> what a flex. You're not single. There's no need to do that to Lindell. <laughs> know, there was like, no I'm need. Not... <laughs> there was no need to throw that in. That was uncalled for. I mean, like, we've stood next I to I know. I know. I'm taller than I know than everyone taller who than I'm him. taller than. I know. But I don't. I don't do that. I'm a podcaster. He's still much better at basketball than us. Oh, a hundred percent. There's but, no doubting that. I'm just no, saying. I, he's I think I'm he, like, and this I makes his players. I'm career. telling him he's like the backup point guard on a championship contender. I'm not doubting his basketball ability. I'm sorry this, if I offended you, Lindell. I think this makes his career more impressive. I think I'm at least like two, three inches taller than Frank Mason. Oh yeah, Frank Mason, and he's so he's a G League MVP. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, oh, my God. He was good. I asked him Crazy. once how, how he could score in the paint, and he's just like, I just do it. And I was like, okay. It's not a very good quote for me, but you are very good, Frank. So, anyway, Kansas Jayhawk legend. Used him on Hoop Grids the other day. Um, Love Hoop Grids. Yeah, it's really – it's addicting. It's, I don't want to talk about how much work day I spend mulling over who's been on the Thunder and Magic. That's not a hard one, but some of them are – with the Thunder, because the Thunder have had like ten players in franchises. They're always they always get me. It's the Thunder and another team. Anyway, um, what's the, but yeah. the Thunder Magic? What's the that's the most common's got to be Oladipo, right? Yeah, because Sabonis Surge. doesn't technically count. I always he try play, Sabonis. He's the draft pick. He didn't play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think it's a big, big opportunity for Marjan and or um, Lindell, I guess, and or Ajax because. They're gonna need someone oh, in the you're rotation. Like Ajax, huh? Oh, what? What was that? What was the other one? I don't know. I'll go I with like Ajax. Ajax. I'll go I like Ajax. Ajax. It rolls off the tongue easy, right? Yeah. There's like a double J or but yeah, Ajax is better. Um. But yeah, I think he's gonna. I think one of those three is gonna have to be in the rotation just because. Like, I don't love the idea of like, what do you stagger it so it's Grayson or Pat? Like, I don't like that very much. No, no, especially not on like point guards. Like, well, yeah, imagine, I mean, that, tra- imagine Trey Young is in with a bench unit, and you have like Pat Connaughton or Grace <laughs> Allen chasing him around. Like, that's just it's not fun. Like, I, I know that's a bad example because Trey's one of the shiftiest guards. In but the there's league, a lot of shifty guards. There's a, it's a very point guard heavy league. The yeah. Bucks have zero of them. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they still don't have they, a point guard. They zigged when other teams zagged. It's crazy that the Bucks just don't have a point guard. I know. Like I'm sorry, Drew. You're a two, but like, one, well, I'll say 1.5. I'm being very critical seven. on this podcast. I'm saying Drew Holiday is 0. 0.7 of a point guard. I've maintained that. Well, I'll call him 1.7. Then that's his position. Oh, you're calling him a 1.7. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Do you have another defensive thing? 
I mean, it's just like it's it's a lot of like the little things, like I was mentioning earlier. It's the pre-switching. It's like the blitzing on like even with Brook. It's just like yeah. maybe you maybe you go send Giannis. Maybe like you continue to scrape. Like it's just like all of the little nuances because you're not going to break the game of basketball. I think that's one thing that we need to like emphasize is like. There's only so many ways. Like, I think a lot of coaches have talked about this in the past. I think Steve Kerr most recently uh, with Team USA, or, or maybe it was Pop or something. One of the two. They're both incredible coaches. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 like you're not going to invent new ways to play defense. You're not going to invent new ways to play offense. Like, it's all about relationships. Vivek like, Ranadive is giving him side eye, saying, I, I got a couple. Uh, maybe you're not uh, thinking hard enough, Steve. Something. Also, I'll pay you a billion dollars to coach the Kings. <laughs> hey, they're pretty happy with Mike Brown, though. No, I know. Well, yeah, of yeah. course, Warriors, they're, they're, they're yeah. obsessed. They're obsessed. He's obsessed. Oh, He's my obsessed. God. Um, but it's it's all about, like, the little things. Yeah. You know? I, I've got it's, one small one and one big one left. Oh, please. I'll do the small one. Let's get it. It's just really fast. I mean, we we've seen it in Team USA. Like, use Bobby Portis, switch, zone, anything but drop. Just don't drop him. We all yeah, have our strengths fair. and weaknesses. I think as a switch defender, he holds up fine. Like, he's uh, he'll get beat for sure. Like you said, I don't think he's a glaring liability as a switch defender. As a drop defender, I think he, like, migrates into the wrong court sometimes. It's not good. So... Switch blitz zone and then it's like the, when the you have one. like multiple practice courts. Yeah, he's just like he just, just like still him. like he's like the wind horse. He just kind of like goes across the screen <laughs> and still going. Um, my big one though is zone. I mentioned it there. Yeah. I, I think they should play zone. I think that's a good one. I think it's the biggest scheme shift that works for Brook because I think Brook could be really good in a zone. Like, do you remember when the Heat had um, Derek Jones Jr. at the top of their zone? Yeah. Do that with Giannis and then put Brooke at the bottom and then just line up the three perimeter players kind of in between, especially to guard the perimeter. Like I think that could be a really tenacious zone. They've just never done it, so it's hard to – did it a little bit I think in the playoffs, but it can be hard not to do. Enough. Not enough. enough. And it's like you're not going to be that good at it if you do it like that rarely. I think the Bucks could have a really good zone like with Drew floating around in there. I think it kind of covers some of the athleticism issues for someone like Chris Middleton who doesn't have to run all around but just like cover your zone on the perimeter now. Um, I, I think zone should be something we see a lot. I think that could be the biggest full shift we see, especially in the regular season, if they regularly played in zone because I do think there's ways to utilize Brook really well and you can like weaponize, you know, hit Brook too, but like Giannis and Drew – could be very potent in a zone scheme as well. No, for sure. I, I 100% agree with you there. It's like you have the tools. Like I, I think we mentioned this a lot like throughout this entire podcast, but you have so many players who have so many different skills on the defensive end and are just very, very smart, high IQ defenders. And just like you have the ability to play all of these different schemes. And yeah, they'll, the only way they're going to get good at it is if like you can have all the skill, like you can have whatever I'd mentioned you have to do it. It's like you can't learn how to swim online. You just have to. You have to go. I've and do tried. It. It's true. <laughs> you can't. You, you just have to go. Sometimes you need to go on a little. little Did you make that pool. up? I feel like I've heard it before. That's really. I'll it's look. really good. It's like a. Thank that's you. like a. That's like a, a football coach quote. I've been watching Hard Knocks, and they all have their little <laughs> things. That would be something that like like a, a, a old line coach would spit at you if you're worried about pulling or something. <laughs> yeah you can't you can't learn how to swim online like you can't learn how to drive online like you, these are the things now swim is better yeah swims swim is better then. yeah um you have to go out there and do it like that's what the regular season is for uh we've mentioned this a lot over the years <laughs> but you just got to go try like like bud would try sometimes but not enough like i think adrian griffin is the kind type of guy who's willing to go out there and try things and be aggressive on defense one thing i didn't mention earlier by the way that i wanted to make a point of saying is you know we've we've highlighted a lot about how the bucks have sort of shifted their philosophy to be more of like a, a athletic heavy team like embrace the youth movement use that to your advantage like that's how you can play a very very aggressive defense is when you have athletes who can run all around the floor uh so that really helps lends itself to that yeah I, I think those things are tied together right like because of the way bud wanted to play and his vision for the roster 
I mean, blitzing with Joe Ingles and Wes Matthews would have been kind of silly. Like it's they built the team in such a way that it it made it easy to lean into those old habits. I think we saw failed the Bucks because they were too they were just going through the motions. I think is how Brad Fisher put it on our pod. And I think I thought about seeing if we get Brad for some of these pods. I think I'd rather wait. I want to see the team play. And then bring back Brad because he's so much smarter basketball wise than we are. He's going to have so many. He's going to be like, and then, you know, 417 left in the second game of the year. They, I'm, I don't remember Brad, but thanks for sharing. Um, but I'm excited for that. But yeah, it is going to be a whole new world. And I think we're seeing a different roster for that Down reason. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see which young guy gets the point guard spot because I do yeah. think like that's going to be. I think a lot of the rotation is pretty much set. I mean, Malik Beasley? Maybe. Like, he's know. another guy? Not known Malik. as a great defender, not a bad defender. I think Grayson's a better defender, but Malik is more athletic. Um, but I think, like, that I don't top. Know about that one. Quicker. I think Grayson might be. Quicker. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, if Grayson maybe jumps better. But I think. I was Malik like, Grayson, is I think, is the better athlete. I think he's stronger. I like, think he's stronger for sure. I, I, he's I, I, I think he has more burst and he's bigger. But again, we're talking about guarding point guards. That's fair. That's fair. I think the I think the athletic like I think the quickness that Malik Beasley has might be better, might be a better match for that. We'll see. But I think the top nine, right? We know the probable starters. It could change, and then Pat, Bobby, Boss Man, Beasley. I think that tenth guy almost has to be. Sounded well, like you were saying Boss Man Beasley. Boss Man guy. Beasley. <laughs> he has to have a good season if I'm going to start calling him that. Imagine, imagine if he starts calling himself Boss Man after he like takes like. What do you, what do you think Jay Crowder says if Malik Beasley starts calling himself Boss Man? He'd probably sit out again. He might. Yeah. I can't do. I don't know what my role is. I don't even have a name on this team. I'm done. <laughs> Who's Jay? It's not me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> imagine his jersey. It, like he changes his name, like Meta World Peace. It's just Boss Man now. His jersey <laughs> just says Boss Man Nine Nine. That's his like Nene. That's his whole name. That's his whole name. I forgot about Nene. Nene. <laughs> yeah. He actually did – is Nene Hilario. I don't know if he yeah, changed it or if he just – if it was like a cultural thing to just go by Nene, but he did. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought it was Nene Hilario. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just metal world piece it up. Uh, and his freedom, can... the blackballed center. Blackballed oh, for being God. too GD bad. We haven't sworn yet, so I won't make it explicit just to make yeah. fun of him, but – yeah, they, they, there's a reason to make fun of him. Did if you see was Devin any reason, Booker quote tweet? No, I didn't. This was a long time ago. Oh no, the the uh, oh the original one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like pick and oh, roll at double zero every time. Yeah, pick yeah. and roll at double zero every time. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a loser. Yep. But anyway, uh, was, no. Uh, but yeah, but I think uh, just to wrap it up quickly, I think Marjan or Ajax or I guess Lindell or. Amari Moore, I think one of these small guards, smaller guards, I mean, Marjan's more of a two, but I think has the quickness, almost has to be in the rotation to start and get that assignment. I think that would be a fun challenge for any of those players. I think it would be for sure. And it's like, these are the type of things you have to do. If you want to maintain yourself as a championship contender year in, year out, you got to build some talent at yeah. some point. And Adrian Griffin seems like the guy who wants to make that happen. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun year. So that's our, our defensive wish list for the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, also news. The schedule got released. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you uh, have schedule hot takes? You know, uh, no. Yeah, the, I never do. They it's, play They play 82 games. They might play an 83rd if they win the midseason tournament. Yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. I, I'm, I'll say I'm pro midseason tournament. I am too. Let's cover it. I want to cover it intensely. Like I'm locked into the the seeding games. They're all in November or December. Yes, November. November. Um, four, four, four of them against the other. There's a five total teams in their group, so they play all four. I believe it's Miami, Washington, Orlando, and the Knicks. Correct. And you have to win the group or have the second best record of teams that didn't win their group in the conference. So I'm actually excited for this too. I really hope that they go out and win those games. I would really like the Bucks to be one of the teams that is like pre-qualified to win this thing. Um, they will play games regardless that week, even if they're not like that. I saw some people thought teams not in the tournament just get that week off. No, they just not haven't true. scheduled those games yet. They'll, they'll every team will be playing that week that they're doing it in December, but. I'm excited for the midseason tournament. Um, I thought overall the schedule looks pretty good. I mean, there weren't – I didn't closely look. It didn't seem like there were too many back-to-backs in any given month, which is a big deal. 
No, they open their they're open their season at home against Philly. Uh, not night one or it may, no, it's it night, night three. Two? Night three. It's so night yeah, three. off so they get, a little bit. No, I mean they get the Thursday TNT. Oh, that's open. nice. Um, so it's Tuesday TNT. Is, is that Philly's first open. game of the year too? It is Philly's first game of the year. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah, we Dude, get we get James Harden. The antics. Yeah, we, oh. James Harden might just start playing for the Bucks. Can you imagine? You just start shooting at the other. You know what counts if you make it on your own basket? Yeah. That would be so good. That'd be so funny. Just like he just starts like, imagine he just like puts on like a bunch of green accessories <laughs> and just starts playing for the Bucks. He comes out here. He's just like, by the way, guy, he goes up to all the Bucks. Yeah, I hate it here. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing with you guys. It's six on four. <laughs> And then they trade. Yeah, let's come set a screen for me. (laughs) Come set a screen for me. It's like, yeah, it's just like, what? Am I I doing this? Are we we doing this? No, okay. I guess we're doing it. And then Nick Nurse just like explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. That's that's going to be really fun. The the Bucks do open their season against the Sixers at home, which is nice. They do play on Christmas again. Early Um, game. I believe the seventh, sixth year in a row. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, all, all the honest prime. I think they're going to get it as long as the honest is prime, the honest, and then Just probably incredible. not again for 50 do you years. Remember, do you remember the first time they played? I don't know. It's not six. I think it's like fifth year in a row. Yeah. Uh, fourth or fifth. But it's like the the first time they had a Christmas Day game, it was uh, it was against the Knicks. Uh, I think it was 2019. That must have been. Yeah, probably 18 or 19. I believe. I, I think it was. I think it was 19. Yeah. And... I remember I was on a plane to India uh, during that game, but I was like, I have to watch this because the Bucks are playing on yeah. Christmas. And thankfully, the plane was showing it. Nice. Uh, but it was just like, yeah, that was incredible. And now they're playing against the Knicks again. Yeah. I, I like that it's not Boston this time or Philly. I mean, the Knicks are still good, but a little bit of an easier matchup. I don't need to see the most. They've had some rough Christmas games. Mm-hmm. And so. this is the second year in a row the Bucks open against the Sixers. Oh, we got the West Matthews West Matthews mm-hmm. game, uh, game winning three, I guess. Yeah, last year. So yeah, and he, like it's the same schedule. Like they play eighty two games. Like, eighty two game is game eighty two. I'm calling it right now. Sicko's playback. Did you oh, see yeah, my 100%. tweet? It's, yeah. it's Sunday Orlando at noon. Yep, it's perfect. Yeah, um, that's that's a TA special if I've ever seen one. Man, no, he's gonna be. We didn't even mention. It. Maybe he's the backup point guard. AJ Green? You you can't even let me have Thanasis for like a second. No. <laughs> I told you we'd do a whole pod if he scores 30 against Team USA. You did have a second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe it's not a TA special because he's in the rotation. Rest in the world. Maybe. Maybe. We'll he see. should come on the Euro step if he wants good things to happen. That's why yeah. AJ Green's probably going to be 30 a game this year. Points. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. That's minutes, what happens. Who can say? Yeah. I mean, both are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I take either. Yeah. Uh, imagine if AJ Green just like goes out and wins MVP this year. <laughs> like, can you imagine? He's the fifth starter. He's just like, like, like realistically, like sixteen a game on like 50, 45, 90 shooting. I would. That's a, an absolute win. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is that is that is. I was just I was just literally trying to think of like what was Duncan Robinson's best scoring season. I don't know if it actually was as high as sixteen. I don't know if it was. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen twice. I don't think he got up to sixteen. I mean, third still thirteen. That that that'll play. Yeah, if he just turns into like twenty twenty Duncan Robinson, that'd be incredible. I I think it's somewhat possible. It is somewhat possible. We'll just have to wait and see. Do we have anything else to talk about, Ty? I I think that'll do it. Oh, I'll change my display name to Big Ty Ty if they sign Ty Ty Washington, <laughs> but with eyes. Other uh, people yeah. can pronounce it as they want. Someone in the Discord, let me know. Our Filipino listeners would be laughing at me for this. I'm guessing that that word means something specifically over there. I'm just going to let it ride, though. Let me know <laughs> if it's problematic. I don't care if I look stupid. Hopefully it's not. I don't think it's problematic though. I, I doubt it's problematic, but just let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or let time. Know. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to wade into any negative geopolitical waters again, like Mr. No. Beast did. But 
I don't know if you saw the thread about. Oh, we let, let's let's wrap. Let's wrap. That was so funny. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on GSPN uh, and Blue Wire. I mean, we'll, like we mentioned, we'll have next week. We're talking about offensive scheme changes we want to see. This is a two-parter, and we'll have some FIBA to talk about. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. The way to get that is to subscribe. It'll show up right in your podcast feed on your podcast platform of choice or in your YouTube subscription box. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed at both places. Just both. Cook the books. Uh, it's not problematic. It's just it's funny. Not, oh, okay. Google okay, Translate cool. took care of it for me. Okay, cool. That's yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, make sure you subscribe. Check out gspn.info for all of our links to all of our podcasts, everything you want. The playback link is in there. Uh, who knows? We might do some more FIBA stuff. Yeah. Uh, we shall see. Um, but yeah, Discord links in there. Everything's in there. Check out gspn.info. Pod random. And we will talk to you next time. Peace.